You're listening to ReachMD, a channel for medical professionals. Welcome to Advances in Medical Imaging, a program discussing the latest innovations in clinical radiology and imaging technologies. Your host is Dr. Jason Bernholtz, Director of Diagnostic Ultrasound Consultants in Oak Brook, Illinois. More and more, the diagnosis of causes of upper abdominal pain and specialty triage of patients, if necessary, has become the province of the radiologist. Today, we are going to explore the interactions between referring physician and radiologist with this common clinical problem. With me today is Dr. Dushant Sahani, who is joining us from the Massachusetts General Hospital in Boston. Dr. Sahani is on the faculty of the Harvard Medical School. He is a radiologist at the Massachusetts General Hospital and director of CT imaging services there. Today, we're discussing the radiology of upper abdominal pain. Hello, Dushant. Thank you for joining us on ReachMD. Oh, thanks for inviting me. Well, this is a pretty vast topic, and there are several imaging tools. I wonder if we might have in mind a patient who has moderate recurrent upper abdominal pain who consults his or her physician as an outpatient that is not you know, running to an emergency room with a real severe situation. Now, it's not infrequent for the referring physician to order a battery of tests, perhaps including several different competitive imaging studies. Well, let's say there's an enlightened primary care physician who decides to call you first and ask how an imaging evaluation might be sequenced for that particular patient. How would you go about deciding what to do first? Jason, this is a common clinical problem, and I think it is pretty much a relevant question for a lot of in practice. And we encounter this often in our own practice, especially in the emergency room or in the outpatient practice. As we know, you know, there are a variety of causes of abdominal pain, and it is not surprising that abdomen is considered a Pandora's box as, you know, there are so many different organs and the pain can manifest in different ways. So if the clinical examination has been done correctly and all the relevant history has been obtained, that actually solves most of our problem in terms of giving the right advice for the imaging test to be ordered. So if we take the right upper quadrant as a, a pain, as a common clinical presentation there, as we know, the biggest big things we are looking at is, is this patient having a gallstone disease or cholecystitis due to obstruction of the gallbladder from the stone? And the main clinical question we need to answer is, is this a surgical case or a medical case? I think that's the main question the referring physicians are looking at is if they can manage this patient conservatively with some painkillers or other things, symptomatic management, or with whether this patient needs a a surgical referral. So we would prefer to start with a right upper quadrant ultrasonography exam, and that generally either confirms the diagnosis or excludes most of the causes of abdominal pain. So the the organ which we need to evaluate in the right upper quadrant pain is typically the liver and the gallbladder. These are the two common ones, but there are uncommon causes as well, like a perforated duodenal ulcer or an abscess in the abdomen from a appendicitis which has ruptured can present as a in the upper right upper abdominal pain. So it's the clinical examination and history which, if done correctly, allows us to answer the questions much more effectively. And if the right upper quadrant ultrasonography is non-conclusive and patient seems to be very symptomatic, I think the next test 
we would recommend is a CAT scan with intravenous and oral contrast to ensure there are no subtle findings such as a stone obstructing somewhere in the kidney or a appendicitis or a small abscess or a bowel perforation. And these are the diagnoses which, if patient is a, of a small size or a child, we can probably make uh, confidently in most cases, cases with ultrasonography alone. But as you understand, because of the demographics and the body habitus issues, vast majority of adult patients, we cannot effectively evaluate uh, with ultrasonography for organs which are uh, slightly located in uh, deeper parts of the abdomen or the organs which have gas inside like bowel. So it all boils down to a good thorough clinical history and a, a clinical exam. You've mentioned the problem of gas and habitus, too, is a real major concern, but you seem to have gallbladders being something very focal, and you're looking right upper quadrant, and that's it, as opposed to CT, where you're getting information of several systems and several anatomic regions. But what about extending the ultrasound to look at more than the right upper quadrant at the time you're doing it? Yes, I think that is possible. Ultrasonography exam, when we do it, we look at other organs also. For a right upper quadrant pain indication, ultrasonography typically constitutes not only just looking at the gallbladder and the liver, but also looking at the kidneys and the bile duct and also looking at the pancreas and also for any obvious fluid collection. But other organs evaluation can be difficult with ultrasonography especially a negative ultrasonography exam, might not rule out a presence of a disease process. For example, appendicitis in an average size adult, we might not be able to rule out early changes of appendicitis or a small kidney stone somewhere involving either the ureter or certain part of the kidney or a small abscess due to perforation of a bowel structure. So those are remains a limitation in an adult patient. But yes, in a pediatric patient or a small size women, ultrasonography can be extended to look at other organs. But as I said, negative ultrasonography not necessarily will rule out, rule out a possibility of a disease process. So one has to really review the clinical history and exam and rely heavily on those things to decide what should be the next test that should be ordered. I mean, of course, one of the things that the radiologist does, perhaps not very visibly, is to have a very good understanding of the capabilities of the equipment that you have at your institution and the experience of the staff so you can decide what's best for that individual patient. And obviously, some modalities are going to be better in some places and not as good elsewhere for a lot of reasons. Overall, would you think that maybe a CT is a good way to start in an unknown you know, situation. You've got right upper quadrant or epigastric pain. It's an adult. What about moving directly to CT? Jason, that question is quite commonly asked to us by our clinical colleagues. But the way we practice is, as a radiologist, we would like to be totally engaged in the realm of patient care. We certainly look at the clinical requests that arise to us we even ask questions to our referring clinical colleagues to ensure that the right test is being ordered. So if we think ultrasonography is the test and the doctors have ordered CT scan, we might even call and uh, the, the referring physician and change the test to 
an ultrasonography exam. Now, the the question of whether we can do a CT scan, which is not only a good resolution, much faster, much more standardized, is a reasonable approach to offer to all our patients with abdominal pain. I don't think so that strategy is great because one has to rely on the clinical exam first because if patient has a pain due to gastritis or reflux, and uh, CT is not a good test to do. And also, ultrasonography can actually answer most of the questions, sometimes which CT cannot answer. For example, looking for gallstones or even looking for cholecystitis, CT is not necessarily a more sensitive test than ultrasonography because certain aspect of diagnosis making in these is also doing the interaction with the patient. For example, ultrasonography, we can get a sonographic sign, what we call it is a sonographic Murphy sign, where we can actually feel tenderness at the site where the gallbladder is visualized, which is very sensitive and also reliable for making the diagnosis of acute cholecystitis in those patients. I agree with that 100% since I'm an ultrasound person. And also, you know, certain number of stones are not radiopaque. That means they are not calcified. So we can miss detection of those stones with, with CT scan. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to Advances in Medical Imaging. I'm Dr. Jason Bernholtz, and I'm speaking with Dr. Dushant Sahani from the Massachusetts General Hospital in Boston. We're discussing the radiology of upper abdominal pain. Well, Dushant, you said something that I think is very, very important a few seconds ago, and it's a slip by, and it's about the involvement of the radiologist in the examination, which I believe in 100%, and that was my foundation when I got my training in Boston, where you are. And I wonder if we should just talk about that a little bit more, because that is very, very important. The responsibilities that are incumbent upon the radiologist to be sure that the study is the right one and it's executed in a way that is absolutely optimal for each individual patient. Jason, I'm personally very passionate about this aspect of our contribution to the patient care that uh, as a radiologist, we need to take full ownership of once patient comes to our department. We are responsible for those patients, not only for the, the quality of service we offer, but also the safety of uh, our patients with our diagnostic modalities, given the fact that these are really advanced techniques and all that, but still they can hurt patients. So we need to take first ownership of our patient. That is my first and foremost suggestion and being engaged with the patient, especially in the acute setup where talking to the referring physician and knowing more details about even checking the medical records and when possible to really talking to the patient ourselves. And if there are certain exams where patient involvement and physician interaction at the time of exam is essential, and I think we should not lose those opportunities when we do those. So, you know, this is what is my strong suggestion. And I agree with that 100%. I have always believed that myself. In this age of uh, electronic medical records, it's becoming easier if one has access to an entire system to find out a lot of those bits of information about individual patients. But all too often in the isolated or freestanding imaging center, that's not an option that's available to us. We always have the patient to talk to directly. What about the referring physician? What are the kinds of information that you would like to have provided to you before you begin an exam? I think the pertinent information relevant to the exam that has been ordered will help. 
and I don't need a great details about the clinical history, like you know either family history of some problem or a past history of diabetes might not be relevant of for most of the things we do it. So we we need a very focused and pertinent history for the currently ordered clinical exam. I think that's what we need from our referring physician and. For most part, they do a pretty good job, and I think that has happened due to a lot of interaction we had with the referring physician, and they now understand how this helps us not only getting the right test, but also getting a right protocol for those tests and also effectively communicating the information they desire. Just to cite you an example, like for looking when we are looking at the pancreas, I mean, there are various things we are looking for pancreas, and we have different protocols to answer certain questions. If we are staging pancreatic cancer, we have a very focused CT exam to answer that question, but for a routine indication or like abdominal pain or pancreatitis indication, we do just a single-phase exam, which gives even lesser amount of radiation dose to the patient. So, History will trigger the type of exam we order and also the protocol one needs to follow to ensure that the right information can be acquired and effectively communicated to our referring clinician. And just going back on the previous question you had answered about the communicating and with the patients and also interacting with the patient, I think as a radiologist, we should never lose an opportunity when we get to interact with the patient, either just talk to them or even, you know, if we have to do some little bit of a clinical exam in select kind of cases where we are in doubt, one should never lose that opportunity. Now, at the other end of the clinical spectrum is a minimally symptomatic patient in whom we're trying to make an early diagnosis of disease that may be very easily treated or a precursor that can be prevented. In that situation, What's your general notion about how to proceed? Pain is minimal into early diagnosis. For an evidence for a problem, then I guess a test should be ordered which is safest and has minimal risk and maximum benefit for answering those clinical questions. So one cannot do CT for each and every case. That might not be the right approach. Maybe in select patient, we can use ultrasonography and in certain patient, CT scan. Thanks to Dr. Dushan Sahani from the Massachusetts General Hospital in Boston, who has been our guest. We've been discussing the radiology of upper abdominal pain. I'm Dr. Jason Bernholtz, ReachMD, online, on demand, and on air. Please visit us at ReachMD.com, and thank you for listening. You've been listening to Advances in Medical Imaging, sponsored by Siemens Ultrasound. For more details on this week's show or to download the segment, visit us at ReachMD.com. Thank you for listening.